Welcome back to the Connect Podcast. I'm Derek Miller, Senior Pastor at River Valley Christian Fellowship. And with me today is Logan Miller, uh, the worship leader here at RVCF. Welcome, Logan. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be back. Uh, last, uh, well, yesterday uh, we had Memorial Day. Yeah. As we reflected on, remembered those in our country who've given their lives in service to our nation, and we gave thanks to them in prayer yesterday, and we're very grateful for that. Of course, Memorial Day is a also a time where families get together and and enjoy good food and. Uh, and just time, fellowship, and, and maybe some games as well. Uh, yesterday, uh, Logan uh, and his family uh, were at our house uh, for a little uh, grilled food and also some, uh, some bags. We played some bags. Uh, Logan, would you like to describe uh, how all of that ended? So the food was good. Uh, had a steak. It was uh, Yeah, the bags. Like the bags medium, part. That's what I'm rare. after. The bags um, part. I enjoyed that quite a lot. Um, do you know what we learned yesterday? George, my son, loves blueberries. You know what we learned berries. yesterday is you're a loser. That's what we learned yesterday. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Unreal. Tiffany, your wife, and I <laughs> took, you, took you down yeah. in bags. Yeah. I mean, not just once, but twice. Not just twice. No, but three times. Not just three times, but four times. I think it was three. No, I, I think it I was think, four times. I think, I think your think... age is befuddling your memory. <laughs> I'm not befuddled at all. <laughs> What's befuddled is your throwing arm. That's befuddled. That you know what? is befuddled. Here, here, okay, do you want, fine. You want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. Here's what happened. And and I think you're being a little insensitive. You lost. It's a summary. It doesn't right. need any more commentary so, than that. So a lot of people on the, the listeners of the podcast may not know that I suffer from something that um, most men do not suffer from, and that's colorblindness. Um, and when you have a green background being grass and throwing red bags, it can be disorienting and death perception and everything. It can get very, again, that again, is completely made up all what except is, the fact is, that you're, yeah, you're colorblind. Made you, up at all. you are colorblind. I think you're being insensitive. You are colorblind and I am being insensitive. Bureau. Okay. Let's separate these things. You are colorblind. <laughs> I am being insensitive to the all fact right. that your throwing arm is I don't okay, know. Well, spaghetti. Here's, here's okay. It's certainly not that. If you want to compare biceps, we can do that. Um, I've been <laughs> kayaking quite a lot lately, and these cannons hey, have so much juice. I am 53 years so old. So much juice. What do you that they expect just my cannons to be? Don't know what to do with themselves. I'm just saying. Oh well. 50, I, okay, the rock is 53. I can tell you what you need to do, and that's stick to paddling. Yeah. Okay. And maybe right, maybe cool. a little practicing. Might be helpful you too. You know what? Next year we're gonna have a Memorial Day at my house, and I'm, you're not invited. You're just, you're just not. Mom can come. Not you. Uh, well, hey, I had fun. In fact, that was clear. We switched, we that fit, was very clear. <laughs> yes. In fact, we switched <laughs> teammates, and I still won those next two games too. Again, I think I, think I was the won. only player undefeated. I mean, I don't really, you know, what do you mean? I know. Unde how can one, how can a singular player be undefeated? Because I switched players and they no, won with me, because but I'm the only one who played all the, the games. the size of a weather balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Just rising slowly into the stratosphere. Uh, you know what you need? You need your father to humble you. Hey, you That's know what? what? You, need. you know what? Dad and I, we went on a cruise one time. Ugh. And on this cruise, they had a bags tournament. Okay. Cornhole. You may call it that, but I call it bags. 
And Which we, just theater of the minds to set the stage was awesome because you're in the middle of the ocean, just surrounded by everything. You're on the top of the cruise ship. Very, very cool. Yeah, it was very cool. They had these bag, this bags tournament, and Dad and I were the champions on the ship uh, for this. Uh, so, so he did somehow pass down his bags throwing arm genes <coughs> something or skips another a generation. But it, I think it skips. Your son will do just fine. Yeah. Your son will do just fine, and when he watches you. He will just shake his head in shame, perhaps. I don't know. But Oh, right. So do we have something substantive to talk about today? <laughs> hey, we do have something <laughs> substantive uh, to talk about. In fact, I'm very excited because we have with us today a first on-the-phone guest with us. Very exciting. Okay. Not only is he on the phone, he is calling in from Michigan, where he lives, uh, I am speaking about uh, Gail Rubel. Gail is my cousin. Uh, he is uh, my second cousin. His mother is my first cousin. Is anybody bored yet? Okay. Yes. No. Uh, so, so, uh, so my uh, his mother is my first cousin. She's one of the oldest grandchildren. My dad was the youngest of ten children. So his mother is uh, was the daughter of the oldest daughter of uh, the oldest son in the family, the oldest child in the family. My dad was the youngest child of the family. Of um, we are going to, we're going to link the ancestry.com <laughs> link to this in the, in the, the family tree. <laughs> that, that might be helpful. That might, actually might be helpful, but, uh, nonetheless, so she's one of the oldest grand, uh, children of, of my father's family. And I'm one of the youngest. Okay. So she and I are actually first cousins. Gail, even though we're the same age, we are second cousins. And so Gail and I go way back. Both of us lived at one time in West Virginia. That's where we grew up. And <laughs> Gail and I, my, our dads actually pastored, they co-pastored a church together. And this is when Gail and I were about, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 uh, years old, something like that. And we were nothing but trouble in those days. Nothing but trouble. Uh, and it's, it's all true. In fact, our eighth grade year of, of uh, junior high, Gail and I had every class together. They did not know because we had different last names that we were actually cousins and that we, we formed a united front against all things teacher. And so they had no idea. I had no idea what was coming at them for eighth grade year. So, uh, hey, welcome, Gail. All of that background to say, Gail, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, and I guess uh, I didn't realize we were related, Derek. <laughs> you, you just thought we've been friends all these years? Yeah, you, yeah you, just, uh, you just shared some information with me that I was unaware of. Yeah, that explains just... a lot of our family functions together. <laughs> it kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> Did you ever wonder why you were at yeah. the family reunions? Uh, you just didn't figure that one out? <laughs> Yeah, I did. Well, you know, growing up in West Virginia, those reunions were, you know, just something a bit different, too. So, yeah, you know. yeah. In fact, but uh, that's, another, reunion, that's another topic. It is another topic, <laughs> a topic in which one of my friends here at church says, uh, so I told him I was going back to a family reunion in West Virginia. And he said, oh, you're going to go back there to see your old girlfriends? <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second, man. Exactly. You heard the that's joke not, that that's not what we did. A West Virginia family right. reunion is called the State Fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Hey, funny. if I could, if I could, real quick, I, and, and I, I'm going to have to side with Logan here for just a second. That uh, I remember a time when Derek and I got absolutely demoralized by our dad 
in the game of uh, baseball in your in your uh, yard there in Parkersburg. Do you remember that? Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> our dads kept hitting. We said, we're going to take you guys on. We begged them to play uh, baseball with us. And we went to our yard, and they we were pitching, and they kept hitting the, the ball over the fence. They had no mercy on these little kids. They're like 10 years old. We were like 10 or 11, 12 years old. And they... They just kept hitting it over the fence. So we'd climb the fence, get the ball, throw it back over, pitch it. They'd hit it over the fence. We'd go climb over the fence. It was so demoralizing. And so finally, we got so sick of it that we, the last time we picked up the ball from the fence, we just went inside. We took the ball. We picked up the, ba- took the ball. Picked up the bases. Yeah, picked up the bases, and we just went back inside. Yeah. And so left, I could, you left know, when them Derek, standing when there. Derek, when Derek was rubbing that in your face, Logan, that's all I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> Just your poor sportsmanship. <laughs> yes, your grandfather did that, to, did that to Derek. <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs> well, Gail, it, it uh, one of the things that Gail, uh, I didn't mention in the introduction, and that is he's also a pastor. He is pastor of Element Church. Is that the name still? Yes, that is correct. Element Church, and you are located in... Jackson. Blissfield, 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 Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Okay, so yeah, so Gail, uh, you got you know you got a, a cool name for a church. I got to tell you, Element. I do. Yeah, you don't have to add it. like nineteen more syllables to that to match us. That's right. it's got, <laughs> Ours it's got is got only a, like six words. Th- <laughs> <laughs> Ours has a three in it too. So, oh, that's know. right. Yeah, your little logo has a three for the E. Yeah, right. it's very edgy. Yeah, want, it's very, very we, edgy. We wanted to confuse people. You know, that's our goal. We just keep people confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. well, I I am so glad you joined us today, Gail. Because uh, first of all, we we've had we've had a lot of great experiences together growing up. But also, uh, last Absolutely. year we had the op- opportunity to take uh, folks from your church and ours, and we joined a, a larger group, and we went to Israel together. And so you've been to Israel yep. uh, twice now uh, w- with me, and we, we've done that a couple of times. And uh, what a great time. So that was January of 2020 when we yes. went, and you took a great group uh, from your church, and we took yep. a group from ours. And what a tremendous time we had there. Very much so. It seems like forever ago, too. Well, it was because last year isn't was in dog years. It's like seven years ago. Well, that's, that's true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so, Gail, thinking about that trip uh, to Israel in January of 2020, what what's some of your highlights? Um, I mean, besides I being to... with me. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Now you just take it. It took my answer right away from me, so <laughs> I don't have anything left. <laughs> um, I think my I think one of the highlights I really, as always. As always, it's um, it's just a great time to put um, context to the scripture, you know, to, to be there and to and to make the scripture, you know, to make the Bible come alive. And I think last year, uh, and I had it the first year too, but but I think the first year you're just so inundated with information, you kind of just swim in it. And last year, I felt like I had a little bit more of a footing, you know, to. To, to kind of uh, absorb it all, but but last year when we were at Caesarea Philippi, mm. you know, with the, you know, the gates of hell, yes. the gates of Hades, uh-huh. uh, that that one plus you know with the talk, uh, and I don't believe we did that the first year, 
I can't remember if we did the, we did a talk there the first year, but that year we did a or last year we did a more of a collective group talk, and that that one was really. That one really uh, left a mark on me. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Sometimes you have to go to Israel more than once because the first time you just can't believe you're standing in the place. And, and it's a, there's a lot to take in, lots of sensory overload. And then it, right, you know, right. the next couple of times you go, then then you're able to catch more uh, and to see more. So, so, yeah, it was a tremendous opportunity for both of us to do that twice now. Yes. Very much so, and and I look forward to do, us doing that again. I, I think the uh, I think the rockets have stopped uh, flying at least now. I think there's a ceasefire. Uh, Israel's, <laughs> right, right. Israel's Iron Dome is unbelievably effective. It's amazing. I, yeah, it's That's just amazing. the technology. Some people don't realize that uh, technology is the number one export of Israel. Yep. And so yep. sometimes we don't realize that, but they are technologically superior. Uh, to most right. in the world, and so it, right. it, they, what they're capable of is is un, unbelievable. Uh, but uh, but we're hoping that that ceasefire will will uh, hold, and there'll there'll, there'll be some peace uh, yes. there. Yes. Uh, one of the things that we yes. experienced, Gail, there that uh, sometimes uh, other trips that I've been on there we didn't get to get an opportunity to do, and that was to we actually uh, stayed in the West Bank. We stayed in a Palestinian territory in Bethlehem. Uh, sometimes yes. people don't realize Bethlehem is in the West Bank, right? A Palestinian-controlled right. area, and we stayed right. there for two nights and had an opportunity to go to a Palestinian family's home for a meal. Yes, and yes. that was yes. that was very, very enlightening, wasn't it? Very, very much so. You know what? That that would probably be another one that I would add to uh, to the experience, and that's. Twice now, you know, the, obviously we were there twice and uh, both times we got to do that. And I find it very interesting when you, when you sit and just listen, uh, because you're getting both perspectives, obviously, you know, and it's, and it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting to, to listen to both perspectives. Well, I think too, you know, we had most of our guides were Palestinian, bus drivers right. were Palestinian. Uh, yep. And so, so we, in in the past, I've gone on trips where it was all Israeli ran, and so you get the Israeli perspective. And then these last two times, we've had that Palestinian kind of perspective where we've sat in their homes and listened to their stories, right. and we kind of get it. You right. get a better picture about how life uh, is for them, and right. it does open up your understanding. And so you you right. have, you have you have understanding, but you also have empathy, and you're you're able to correct. Uh, have right. have a uh, because from our vantage point here in the United States, uh, sometimes we look at those issues and we say, "Well, that that would be easy to solve." <laughs> until, until you're sitting across Correct. the table in someone's right. home and hearing their their life stories and how right. life uh, how it functions for them, and then you Correct. begin to yeah. see uh, how complicated this thing actually is. It's extremely right. yeah. complex. And difficult oh, very much solutions so. are are very very difficult to come by, uh, but I I, very, I was thankful. I am I am thankful for those experiences that we had. Uh, Gail, <laughs> one of the things I was going to ask you about um, was uh, you have a graduate degree in counseling as well. So you're a pastor, but you also have a graduate degree in counseling. And I I was uh, thinking about this. I want to get your perspective on 
some of the things that you may be seeing or uh, the things that you think about this this last year uh, and all the, you know, the isolation and all of the struggle and all of the division and uh, just a lot of things that took place over this last year. Uh, and yeah. and how now it seems like um, there is it's almost like, you know, when people put off medical tests last year and right. now there's this this wave of people now uh, catching up, you know, almost every yeah. uh, doctor I talk to and nurse and other people, you know, they, they say we we're just inundated now with people because people were putting off the things that they needed to get done, but they couldn't or they didn't feel comfortable right. uh, doing that. And we're seeing the same thing really in the mental health field as well. Right. People that right. that may not have gotten the help that they needed uh, they isolated and it just perpetuated some of the things that they were feeling and thinking and the anxiety that they were experiencing. And now uh, there is uh, what somebody said, you know, we need to get ready. There's going to be a tsunami of of people needing needing the Lord, needing hope, needing uh, the gospel, needing uh, needing uh, people to come alongside them, to counsel them, to give them God's wisdom and, and share the scriptures with them. And so I, I'm wondering, are you seeing the same thing? And what, what is your perspective on that? Yeah, uh, very much so. And some of my colleagues, uh, and if you've noticed, or some of my colleagues have been talking about this as well. And um, the, if you've, I don't know if you've been privy to it, but if you've noticed, there's this, I, I'm going to, I think there's been this big wave of, telehealth as well the medical community has been using uh through the pandemic uh was using more of the telehealth you know what i'm talking about yeah, telehealth. I yeah i do um and in counseling before that was that was utilized but through this pandemic it became very much more uh ushered to the forefront as, as a tool more of a tool and so now you're even seeing uh, telehealth being used a lot more, which um, enables people to receive services and things like that, even even more so as well. So, so, so it's kind of interesting. So they're sorry, having, so they have access. So there yes. there seems to be yep. greater access because people are using the moment. Uh, you know, just like yep. all of us have in churches and otherwise, trying to find yep. find new ways of of reaching people yep. and ministering to people, and so. Uh, Tell you know using uh, whatever a telehealth in the mental mental yeah. health field. That's interesting that they're uh, using that yeah. as a as an access point for people. And and I say that because you know when you look at the mental health, uh, just to be you know just kind of throw it out there. When you're looking at mental health too, for people to receive services, you're 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 talking about going to a licensed therapist or you know such. And so at some point, and just to be just to kind of throw the practical side out there for a therapist to get paid, um, you know, it, things like this have to be accepted by your insurance company. Right. So you're, so what I'm saying is you're seeing, you're seeing now that that is, a, and I believe it was beforehand, but it was more, it was done more in office, you know, more on site. Right. But as you know, through the pandemic, we went into isolation and, you know, for some of us, you know, Michigan was one of the big, you know, one of the big states where we've been on lockdown, you know, pretty tight. Uh, so, so these things were, you know, 
ushered to become ushered to the forefront to become an option for people uh, that, you know, for safety purposes and things like that. But now what you're seeing, even though things are opening back up, but it's still a tool that is very much being utilized more so. So, uh, you, so you're not only seeing people um, with the need to, to, to come to counseling and things like that, but you're also seeing models for that to take place even be um, more so uh, available. Right. Different models, I should say. Yeah. Which is, which is very interesting. You know what? So insurance I, companies are saying it's a, you know, that they approve of that and they'll, they'll pay for that type of uh, uh, therapy or, yeah. or not there. It's not a therapy, but I mean a tool, yeah. uh, to, you know, to, you know, to provide that for people. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad they have, and I'm glad they do right. uh, because I, I right. think that the, um, the need is enormous and it's probably a lot greater than we, we know. And it's probably I, a lot greater than we see because um, I don't know. Do you still see a, a stigma attached? I do. I do. I, I do. Yes. I think, there, I think it's getting better. I think it's getting a lot better, but I think there is a stigma. And I think too, now this is just my personal opinion, but I do think that stigma runs across um, socioeconomic lines too, if that makes sense. I, th- I think there's some areas of where someone would fall in the socioeconomic level of things where that stigma might not be as, as strong, but I think you get into more uh, individuals that I, you know, that are more, maybe a little bit more affluent and things like that. There's, there's, there seems to be a stigma there uh, where people don't, it's they're they become very private about uh, that, about, you know, counseling mm-hmm. and things like that. Right. Right. Um, so I think that stigma plays in there. Uh, tremendously. Yeah, I, I think that I, I do think that and I'm not sure why, but I do think that people are talking about it more. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's still a stigma, but I, I think there's still uh, there, there is an openness that maybe I, didn't I do agree exist. With that and too, and yeah. I'm not sure if, um, I, you know, I think this last year has magnified so many things that I perhaps it has magnified the challenges that people are facing to the point that people say, look, I've got to talk to somebody. I, I, I can't, you know, I can't right. stay in hiding because, right. uh, you know, this last year has just kind of brought it uh, to the, uh, uh, you know, to the forefront. And I, I've got to, I've got to deal with this. Um, you know, I was just reading today about the tennis player. I think her last name was Osaka. And she mm-hmm. dropped out of the French Open, and she's the mm-hmm. second seat. She's she's like the second uh, best tennis women's tennis player uh, going right now, and she dropped out of the tournament. Yeah. And she just said, "Look, I'm I'm dealing with depression, and right. so I'm 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 dropping out." So I think there's there's more of uh, people saying that their their health, uh, mentally and otherwise. Is um, it's greater than than maybe the stigma that's been attached to it? They're like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to put this out here, uh, so right, that right. so that I, I can deal with it. But also maybe as an encouragement for other others that are struggling to be right. open and to say, you can talk to someone. You need to talk with someone. And I th- I, I do think too that. Part of that could be um, that you're getting the more you get some high profile names uh, or individuals uh, that that kind of help lead that 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 
goes down that path. I think that that helps as well. You know, in the Christian community, if you remember, I forget when it happened, but Rick Warren's son um, yes. fell to depression. And I think, the you know, when you, now you have Rick Warren that steps out more and talks more openly, him and him and his wife, Kaya, Kaya isn't it? That, I, I think, think so, Kaya. yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that helps. I think that helps, you know, that's that telling the Christian community, hey, this is serious. This is serious stuff. And it's not just, and I think what you're seeing too within the Christian, or hopefully what you're seeing too in the Christian environment, is we're not looking at it so much from a reductionist point of view where it says it's not one or the other, but it's but it's, it's both. Things. Meaning that it's not all, we can't reduce it down to just uh, your spiritual practice isn't good enough or reduce it down to you just need medication. It's, that's a that's a that's a broad spectrum there, right? You know, it's not one or the other. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. It's, it's, yeah. It's, 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 there's a lot of factors in there, and I think hopefully people are starting to see the severity of like the clinical depression because I mean, there's been some you know significant people have you know people have taking their lives yeah i mean it's not you know and it's not something where you can tell someone hey you know pull yourself up pull yourself up by your bootstraps i mean that that to me is the scary part because then especially as a christian now we're starting to almost buy into humanism where we're saying well you can fix this that's right and it's no, no you cannot and i think that is a i think that's a very um horrible slap in the face of the gospel too yeah uh, because you we can't fix ourselves. We yeah. just it it we can't. You yeah. Know? Or for people to say, you know, you are dead spiritually. There's nothing you can do right. uh, to save yourself. It is by grace we're saved through faith, uh, not of right. works. And then right. if you have some emotional issue or some challenge in that way or a mental health issue, hey, you need you can fix that. <laughs> Correct. So, Correct. so yeah. you, you you can overcome that on your own, uh, but but yeah. You, so so it's like, come on. Uh, I I think it, it. I think there is such a uh, sometimes a stigma attached to uh, these issues within the church that they they need to be talked about more openly, and and so that we can understand that God has some. He has things to say about anxiety. He has. He has things to say. The, the Word of God has some things to say about how we how we struggle, and it has a lot to say about anger and forgiveness and how these things are interrelated. And so, uh, right. So we know that the hope is found in Christ uh, to sometimes even endure these these seasons of life uh, where right. yeah, we're struggling. And so, so right. we 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 want to bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ forward into people's lives because we do believe the Spirit of God is powerful and He can help people to overcome and also to endure and also to have wisdom about how to uh, perhaps practice life differently, see life differently. Right. He, The Spirit can give us eyes to see that things that we don't see. He can also sometimes right. how how relationally these things, sometimes we, we deal with so much trauma and brokenness and relationships that, that sometimes uh, forgiveness, the, the process of forgiveness, uh, can go a long way in setting someone free in that way. So, so there, right. but I, I do believe that the church, we've kind of uh, suppressed 
uh, and put people aside. We've kind of shifted them aside or we've shoved them into other uh, secret kind of ministries. And we have not really, you know, uh, not allowed them to speak freely about some of the struggles that they face and then bring the gospel to bear uh, on on those areas. But also to say, look, uh, sometimes uh, this is not just a spiritual route. There's something physiological that perhaps is happening here that you need to see someone. You need to you need to get tested. You, You need to see a professional. You need to. Find a, a counselor that shares your worldview right. and that can that can help you think through uh, some of these uh, things. Yes, yeah, I, I yes, I, I agree, and I think yes, I think I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. You know, uh, Ed Smith. There's a guy by the name of Ed Smith, and I really like what he talks about. And I think this whole pandemic thing kind of it falls into this. But he talks about his. His modality, if I could say it that way, he, 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 and he's a Christian, and he says he comes from the perspective that our emotions often expose the lies that we believe in. Mm-hmm. And he uses that in counseling. And I think, I think that goes very hand in hand with where we came from through this pandemic of isolation. I think, I think you're seeing people it, that, that, before they may have navigated through things okay. But as we went through this pandemic and we were isolated and things, I think it's exposed. Our models aren't working. You know, mm-hmm. our, our, our therapy models that we may self-subscribe to or whatever, pre-subscri- you know, uh, self-subscribe are, are, are not working, you know? And mm-hmm. I think it, it, it's showing that there's cracks and there's cracks in the way we're, we're doing these things. And, and I think as we look at this, I think that's what you're seeing too, is in a lot of this, people are coming out of this because um, they need a new, you know, it's not working the way it was. And it wasn't working before that. Let's be honest. It wasn't working before that, but they were getting by. Yeah. And I think now it's just exposed that, yeah, I'm, I'm in a bad spot, you know, and I need, I need to talk to someone. I need to do something about this. And, and again, I, I agree with you. It's like what, you know, as, with the church, what's our voice? What are we, what are we saying? What are we, you know, what are we saying about the gospel in helping people navigate through these things? Yeah, um, because the gospel know, we, has to be good news. It is the good news of, yes. it's the good news of, of the gospel for our salvation, but it's the good right. news for our life. The gospel is, it applies, it applies to our emotional health, our mental health, our physical health. Absolutely. The gospel keeps applying every direction right. holistically to, to our lives. And, and so we well, need to bring the gospel to bear in the places in which there is brokenness and there's need of right. renewal. Uh, we right. need to bring the gospel to those places and say, Jesus is the good news in, in, in the places where you are struggling today. And right. it is important, you know, God has brought us, he's made us his people, and he's created his church, and and we're to bear each other's burdens in this way as well. And how the church right. should be community for people that are struggling, and we should be more transparent with these right. these uh, right. issues so that, so that people feel find a safe environment in which to share and find prayer and find help and support right. and encouragement so that people can use their gifts uh, within the body of Christ to build up the body of Christ. And right. if people, if we're not giving a space for people to 
to express these these things, then then how do we use the gifts within the body to build that person up? Uh, if we're, if we're suppressing them and not creating an environment for them to be able to share, then uh, we're also in in also suppressing our, our gifts and the way that we can exercise uh, what it means to be in community with each other. I, I agree. And I think that, <clears throat> I, well, when Jesus said, when you, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free, as well as uh, he's come to give life and life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't understand how that just relates solely to salvation. Salvation is a part of that, but I think it's so much more. I'm not adding to salvation by any means. I'm simply saying that I believe that that when he talks about life, it means life. You know, we experience life to the fullest. You know, that's right. Yeah, the um, application it, it, uh, it, it extends to all areas. Yeah, of our lives. Yeah, and I, exactly. You know, and I think you know, and I think I think I do. I agree with you. I think the church does a very disjustice when we. Now, again, I, I, I get it, you know, as being, and I know you do too, as a, as a pastor, and we're leading people towards Christ and the gospel. I get that there's some bad psychology out there. Oh, you yes, know, that's there rooted is. In, that's, that's rooted in humanism. And that's not what I'm, I'm not talking about humanism. I'm talking about the gospel. That's right. You know, yeah. it, that's I, right. The for, answer is for, not inside of us. Correct. The, ans- the answer correct. is not there. Uh, no. We're, we're nope. broken people. Uh, the answer Absolutely. is outside of us. The answer right. is God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, he Absolutely. is, uh, and and so that's where our hope is is found. And so you're right. It, right. It's not in, it's not in the spaces in which we create and manufacture ourselves. But God Correct. has given us each other. He has also given us each Correct. other and our own experiences. Absolutely with the gospel, right. with his word, and through life circumstances Absolutely. to be of help and support to one another. Uh, you know, this, this, uh, this year we uh, had a ministry called Rooted, and Rooted is a discipleship um, uh, experience that we, we had here. It was, it was a tremendous gift to us. We've talked about it here on the podcast before, but one of the aspects of Rooted, which was so helpful to people, was sharing their stories, sharing their stories. Yes. and. Yep. Yep. For, for many people, this was the first time they ever shared their faith story and the struggles yep. that were attached and led them to Christ. And, and in the sharing right. of the stories, there was so much healing for the person sharing, yes. but also there was uh, the Spirit spoke through their stories to the other people, and there, were, there was encouragement and inspiration and things yep. that were, were gained by hearing those stories and how God used them and their own yes. circumstances. And sometimes these circumstances were really, really difficult, traumatic things in a person's life. And yet each of them talked about how God would use them, use them to draw them to Him, yep. uh, use them so that they may now, through their own healing, share those in the lives of others. And, and I'm telling you, it was, um, it was a tremendous blessing to hear these stories um, and, and, and I think to have a space like that where people feel safe to do so and are welcome to do so and everybody's stories are different uh, and yet we all share Christ in common. And, and in doing that, we're, it's, such a, it's such a way of sharing each other's burdens but also understanding each other. And then what happened right. was, Gail, people understood when I'm sharing my story and I'm hearing somebody else's, I'm not alone. 
right. not alone in this. Right. Uh, for for too, well, to, for too many people in church, they feel alone because they don't feel like they can share what's really happening sometimes in their life. And I think I think sometimes we we the the reality is we just want everyone to be okay. That that's just right. we want to be okay. We want everybody else to be okay, and then we give a perspective of. Uh, the church and how we gather and all of this, that everybody's just okay. And, mm. and we don't necessarily want to take the time or the energy to step into the messiness of, with, with others. I agree. And, and the that, gospel, and the gospel says everything is not okay. That's the point, like, isn't it? Yes. Exactly. That is the whole, that is the whole thesis of the gospel that, Hey, you, we're not okay. We're not okay, we're and that's why broken. Jesus came. That's why we have the gift of the yeah. Spirit to empower us and to help us exactly. to be our advocate and counselor. And so I, I'm uh, give us wisdom right. and discernment, and yeah, that's right. So, Gail, let me ask you: uh, if there's somebody here today, they're listening to this podcast, and and perhaps this last year it has exposed and magnified because often sometimes the things that come to the surface have been below there for a long, long time. Uh, it doesn't right. mean that something that this pandemic or whatever other struggle that might people might be facing, it, it just happened. Sometimes we think all oh, these things right. just happened. No, they exposed no. something that was already present. Absolutely. Oftentimes it was Absolutely. already there, but this thing took the top off of it and said, this is what's happening here. This is what this is. And so how would you encourage somebody that might be listening today that says, you know what, there's, there's something I've been, you know, I just been in hiding over this thing and I, I've been struggling and I've not spoken to anybody. How would you uh, encourage somebody to just kind of step out of the shadows and make a phone call or get, get some help? How would you encourage them? to? Yeah. Do that? Uh, well, I think I, I would probably have to, I would try to answer that twofold. If it's something that is very clinical, I mean, if, if it's a, if it's a point of like, uh, like a chemical imbalance and, and I think people deep down would know, you know, that having this overwhelming sense of hopelessness and, uh, dread and there's just, you know what I mean? Where they, where they're identifying from that perspective, mm -hmm. I would encourage them to consult a medical doctor, you know, immediately and, and to, and to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. If, if it's something where it's not quite to that degree, I would, I would, I would really encourage them to reach out to a, 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 a solid church to, to, to a pastor or something that could help maybe direct them to a small group or someone, a, a solid Christian counselor, that could help them begin to open up and have some, have some dialogue and some conversation. And, and, and I, and I'm very, I'm very passionate about someone who is a, a Christian counselor because, because again, I don't believe in humanism. I don't believe we have the ability to fix ourselves. And I believe it could cause more damage for someone to go to someone and I mean, even me as a Christian, and I've really, I've really wrestled with this too, of, of, of when I counsel in the world, and if I counsel with my license from a secular, in a secular perspective, I'm, you know, I have to quote unquote go by the, you know, APA code of ethics. And I struggle with that because, you know, I can't talk about, I can't talk about faith and things like that unless someone brings it up. Now I will try to coach them along to bring it up. But my point is this, 
I really believe I could do someone damage by giving them a couple of things to say, here, try these. Well, what if those things don't work? Because, because then they're, again, going back to trying to fix themselves. And I believe that could cause some major damage to people. You yeah. know, talk about malfeasance. Talk about malfeasance. Right. Uh, so for me, I would really, it, it, you know, if, if it's not something where you can sense that it's, that it's like a chemical imbalance, something that, that you need some medication to, to, you know, to, to really give you the ability to think more clearly, I would, I would, you, you've got to get plugged into a Bible, like a good Bible based gospel teaching church that where, where, and I get that every pastor is not a counselor. I get that. But I think most pastors, hopefully most pastors can, has some resources where they can direct someone to, a person that they get talked to or That's a small right. group that they get, get plugged into. That's right. You sometimes know, sometimes not, it's simple you know. as uh, simply as, as, as calling your, your Christian friend and saying, Hey, yes. I, I need, I need Absolutely. to, I need to share some things. I need prayer. I need, you know, for some and people it's, up. it's, it's yep. just that it's just that step to take a Absolutely. trusted friend and open up to them and be honest and to share. Absolutely. Uh, and, and of course, if you're listening to this uh, podcast, you're connected to River Valley in some way, then you, you're, you're welcome to call the church office, 815-933-7353, 815-933-7353. And uh, you are welcome to call there. We can get you some uh, resources, or you can see one of the pastors. We, we also do uh, pastoral Christian counseling here. Uh, if, uh, if, but we're, we're not professionals, we're, we're pastors and we can shepherd you through the word and encourage you in that way. And, uh, and we can also refer you, uh, to others right. who can help you as well. Yeah. Uh, but, right. uh, but Gail, I'm so thankful you joined us, uh, today. Uh, it's yeah. been fun. It's been fun. You're our first, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed our first it. call in, uh, thank you for giving us your perspective on some of these things. And, uh, we are, uh, grateful to you, grateful for all of our guests, but Hey, uh, it's fun to have my cousin on here. Uh, Absolutely. And so, so Gail Rubel from uh, Element Church, Blissfield, Michigan, uh, calling in the Connect podcast. We're, uh, I'm grateful for you, uh, my brother, and uh, we're very thankful Back for your family. You, and I uh, appreciate you sharing with our, our guests today. So, hey, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. I enjoyed it. Look uh, forward to maybe uh, doing this again sometime. Absolutely. Well, I think Logan was about to say maybe. I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll listen back. I mean, let's not get I ahead of ourselves. Up, <laughs> yeah. I took up for him. Yeah. I took up for him, you know? Yeah, you took that's up all for I him? got? Hey, no. It, that's all I got. That was that's 35 minutes ago. Uh, he's, he's already forgotten that uh, Sorry, already. Uh, he just, I got my producer's head on now. Was, Sorry. Nobody's above the law. He, he was napping over there. That's what he's doing. He's napping. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Gail. We'll see you again. Talk to you later. Hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy the month. All right, brother. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Connect Podcast today. Uh, we hope you'll tune in again next week as we uh, continue the conversation to hope, hopefully inspire and encourage you in your walk uh, with Christ. God bless you, everybody. We'll see you next time.